you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. To another episode of the Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Filipkowski, and today, listen, folks, I have to cover Chelsea. I have to. And typically, when I cover Chelsea, I want to cover them in a positive manner. And over the past few seasons, I've had the great opportunity to do that. Uh, Chelsea has made it extremely easy in past seasons for me to be excited about them, for me to be enthusiastic about them, and for me to want to talk about them in a positive manner. This season has been an absolute disaster for Chelsea. And in my opinion, it all goes back to one man, and that is Todd Bowley, or Todd Bailey. I don't really know how to pronounce his name. I don't really care how to pronounce his name. Uh, the, decision to, the, the decision to fire Thomas Tuchel, or Tuchel, was, in my opinion one of the worst footballing decisions in recent memory. And the replace, and it's not just because of who, you know, who they fired, but it's who they replaced him with. I think those two things combined make it the worst decision ever, or at least in recent memory. Tuchel was a great manager for Chelsea. I mean, he won us a Champions League, many titles, lots of uh, final appearances. We've appeared in the finals of the FA Cup. We've appeared in the finals of the Carabao Cup. We won the Champions League, won the Super Cup, won the Club World Cup, finished uh, top four in both of his full both of his seasons in charge, uh, qualifying for the Champions League, obviously, in both those seasons. Won the Champions League in his first season. In the second season, we lost to the eventual champions, Real Madrid. And I believe we were the only team to beat Real Madrid on their road to winning the Champions League. So we obviously played, there are two legs in every Champions League match after the round, you know, two, two legs in every Champions League match. I believe we lost in the round of maybe the quarterfinals. I can't remember. Um, but we were the only team to beat Real Madrid in, in a leg. Uh, 
right? So we ended up losing an aggregate, but we won the second leg 3-2, which is incredible. I mean, that was a great game, one of the best games I've ever watched. And again, after you go down, I think it was 3-0 in the first leg, you, you think to yourself, oh, you know, we're never... We're never going to come back. We're never going to win in the second leg. And the fact that you even had a shot where you were up 3-0 in that second leg is incredible to me. And I think what, what's most notable, we talk about Tomas Tuchel, is the way he coached in, in every game. And the way he set his lineup in big games. So we'll tackle those two. So I'll start off with the second and then move back to the first. Uh, Thomas Tuchel was one of the best big game coaches uh, for the time that he was a coach for Chelsea. Every time there was a big game that Chelsea needed to win, whether it was against Man City, whether it was against Atletico Madrid in that first Champions League round, no matter who it was against, he was a big game coach. He always coached Chelsea very well in big games. He always had a great lineup, great thinking. He kept it very consistent. And, you know, when you look at Chelsea, would you have called us the best team through and through at the beginning of his reign? Probably not. But by the end, it almost felt like, wow, Chelsea is a super team, but they weren't, you know, four or five months ago. Uh, you know, you look at what he got out of guys like Antonio Rudiger, who wasn't even in the starting lineup under Frank Lampard. Then under Tuchel, he becomes arguably one of the best defenders in the world, leaves to go to Real Madrid uh, and signs a huge contract, right? Angolo Conte, Jorginho, these guys were top 10 Ballon d'Or finalists because of what they did with Chelsea and obviously what they did with the national teams, but because of what they did with Chelsea as well. Uh, you look at guys like Mason Mount, who really flourished. Uh, Kai Havertz, who scored the biggest goal in Chelsea's, second biggest goal in Chelsea's history, right? With that beautiful run. You, you look back to that Champions League game, right? That Champions League final. It was just a masterclass by by Tuchel. I mean, to lock down Man City's entire offense, right? They couldn't score. Uh, and we won 1-0. You know, it, it's just that type of... That type of thinking where Tuchel asked a lot of his players, he required a lot of his players, and and they did it for him. He was so beloved by especially guys like Thiago Silva, uh, Cesar Azpilicueta, our captain, our longtime captain, who has since, uh, in my opinion, really been, um, I, I would say, mistreated by by Graham Potter and I think the new staff, I don't feel he gets the same respect he deserves. But under under you know, Tuchel, I mean, you got guys. We obviously made signings, but we had a lot of guys who you know were were a little maybe more under the radar who really played big parts. Again, Mateo Kovacic, a huge part of Chelsea's run, an excellent player in his own right, and he really blossomed I think under Tuchel and kind of that two holding midfielders. Uh, setup. It was beautiful. And, you know, Reese James, Ben Chilwell, Marcos Alonso. I mean, these guys are very, very good players, but it even seemed like Tuchel got more out of them. And you look at the way that 
Tuchel managed from the sidelines, right? He was never a guy for a dull moment, always energetic, always on his feet, always talking to his team, right? No matter what the score was in the game, he always wanted more out of his players. He always required that, right? He pushed his team to be the best that they could be. He didn't He didn't let them underachieve. He, he required the most out of them. And that's why I loved him. He had such success. He lost so infrequently. And yeah, there were games where they weren't great. That, that's going to happen with so many teams, right? And especially at the beginning of this season, you know, Chelsea, they were struggling in a lot of, in a lot of fixtures uh, in the Champions League as well in the Prem. But it always felt like they would work it out. It, it felt like this wasn't something that was going to be temporary. Um, and you look at the way that Tuchel managed under Abrahamovic and the way, you know, the whole situation was just so up in the air, so crazy, where Chelsea couldn't sell tickets to the stands and they didn't know if they could, you know, even rent a plane. And, and you know, the old quote from Tuchel was like, you know, if I have to drive the bus, I'll drive the bus. Like he was going to get his players there. He was going to do everything he could. Um, and it's just, it, he, you know, you always felt like this season, at least at the beginning, even when we weren't winning, I was like, we're still going to wait and figure it out. You know, we had such a treacherous 2021-2022 season. So many games being played. We had the Prem, FA, Carabao, uh, Champions League, Club World Cup. We played you know, 60, 70 games last season. And that's a lot on players, especially going into a World Cup season, right, where, where it's in the middle of the season. So we all knew that going in, and, and I just felt that, Chelsea was going to do something special this year with Tuchel. I mean, you just you knew they were going to finish top four. You knew they were going to be competitive. And when Bailey made the decision to fire Tuchel, I was obviously upset, right? Because, you know, I understood why he did it. You know, again, he was a new owner. He wants his own head coach that he hires. Um, but it was confusing because Chelsea made all these summer signings for guys like Mark Cucarella and guys like that. And it was just confusing as to why they would almost let Tuchel direct those signings if he wasn't going to stay. But I digress. That's the past. Let's talk about the now. Chelsea currently... Chelsea currently sits in 10th place, right? As long as I've been a child, I can't remember this. I mean, this is... And it's not that we're just sitting in 10th place, but it's that... We're not competitive at all, right? We're actually tied for 10th place. Villa's also got 31 points, as do we. We're not We're not going to finish top four this season. It's just not, unless Chelsea has a miracle turnaround to end the season, I just cannot see us finishing top four this year. It's, it would be absolutely crazy for that to happen. It just would. I, I can't, I can't see that happening, Right. Chelsea, in the month of February, scored one goal. One goal. And we made all these signings. We made all these signings for all these players. Guys, I don't even know. We got Enzo Fernandez. I know him. We got Mudrick, who's actually, you know, fairly decent, right? But we have all these guys. We have, I don't even know who's on the squad anymore. There's so many guys. Um, the guys that we've signed this season, Badia Shield. I'm just going to go through them. Cucurella, Wesley Fofana. Uh, I don't know about Andrew Santos. Uh, Enzo Fernandez. Mikalo Mudrik. Dennis Zakaria. 
Charney Chukameka. Chuk- I can't. I, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Uh, Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang. Chao Felix. Uh, Armando Roja. Raheem Sterling. David Datrofofan, I believe. And I think Maduke. We signed all those guys this season, whether, you know, in, in not just this past transfer window, but this this present one as well. We, we've made a lot of moves. And some of them happened in the beginning of the season. Like Raheem Sterling, Broha, like those moves were great. I really liked those moves. I liked the Connor Gallagher move, having him stay. These were good moves. These were, you know, we're not overstepping. We're not going crazy with these moves, but we're making solid moves. We're not going crazy. But we're doing what we need to do. I like the Kaladu Kulalabi move or uh, Kulabali move. He was, I thought that was a great move. It turns out it hasn't been so much, but that's okay. You know, I just think that we've made so many moves, the team no longer looks like the team it used to be. And that's crazy because, you know, we've spent 329 million pounds on transfers and we scored one goal the entire month. And the biggest, I would say, the biggest criticism of Tuchel during his entire reign, right, as Chelsea manager, was, hey, the defense is fantastic, but the offense is just so slow sometimes. And it was. Like, the offense wasn't always good, but we scored enough goals. We weren't, like, we didn't have periods where we just weren't scoring, right? We scored, like, six goals since November. Six! We scored one goal the entire month of February. And we didn't play like top of the table teams, by the way, folks. We weren't we weren't playing Man City. We weren't playing teams like that. Like, don't 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 assume that we were playing all these great teams because to tell you the truth, we weren't. We played, and I'm just I'm just double checking right now just to see if who we played. Okay. We played in the month of February, here are the teams we played. We played Fulham, who are currently, I think, 7th or 8th on the table. I think 7th. We played West Ham, who are currently sitting at six, 15th. We played Dortmund in the Champions League. Played Southampton, who are bottom of the table. And we played Tottenham, who are 4th. So, a wide range. We scored one goal, and that was against West Ham. We lost to Southampton 1-0. The worst team in the Prem. The Southampton is the worst team in the Premier League. They have scored. They have 18 points this season. They just lost to Grimby. Yesterday. Grimby. Right? Southampton's only win this month. Their last win outside of Chelsea was against Everton. And when was that, you might ask? When was their last win? That was January 14, 2023. So they played Chelsea and won. Their last one before that was in January. So they suck. They're horrible. And we lost. We couldn't even score. And you might say, well, every team's going to have a bad game. Well, okay, but Chelsea sit currently in 10th. All right. And we're not scoring goals, which was the whole reason Potter was brought in. And it was the whole reason, at least in my opinion, right, why we signed all these players. I thought the whole reason why we signed all these players was so we could score more goals. And we're not. 
the joke is uh, Joe Felix won goal of the month because we only scored one goal, right? It, it, it's tragic. You know, the thing about Graham Potter is in, in – at the beginning of his reign, you know, he was having some decent results. They were, I think, a lot based off of luck. But it was a lot based off of luck. But, keyword is but. They were still winning. They were still scoring. Now, they're not. At all. And... Here's where I rip into Potter. This man is not a manager built for a big club. He is a small-time manager who got very, very lucky in the fact that you have a owner who made a really, really poor decision in firing one of the better managers in football. Graham Potter doesn't take any of the blame. He takes no responsibility, number one. Number two, he complains about injuries all the time. He makes excuses. And number three, he's not energetic. He's not in, in invigorating. He doesn't push this team to be better. He's not imaginative, number four. And number five, he doesn't care. Graham Potter sits on the bench. He complains about the fact that they didn't have a hard-working enough preseason, which is a shot at Tuchel, obviously, um, which is confusing because Potter's been in charge since, like, October or no, or September. I can't even remember. It's been so long. So regardless of whether they had a preseason or not, it, it shouldn't matter. This team is completely different now because of your doing. You want a new signing. So, of course, the team isn't going to mesh well together. Uh, he doesn't take the blame. He blames injuries, right? When it, it's it's obvious, like, the team is well deep enough to, to play through injuries, right? I know we have injuries, but we're, we're certainly deep enough to play through them. And uh, it's not like under Tuchel or other teams aren't injured as well. Under Tuchel, remember, Chilwell was injured. Uh, Reese James had injuries throughout his time. Uh, I believe Silva had ongoing injuries. Andreas Christensen had injuries. Conte had injuries. Kovacic had all these guys. It wasn't like, hey, you know, one or two guys were out. No, there were a good number of people who had significant injuries. But we still won. Because Tuchel push. Potter doesn't push. He blames. He doesn't care. Right? Do you think he cares? I don't. He just kind of stands up there and says, meh. No, I do. I do what I can. I, 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 I complain. I, I complain. I blame. It's not my fault that we're not a good team. It's not my fault. It's it's everyone else's fault. It's our it's our team. It's our players. It's it's. It's our players. It's it's our fans. It's our owner. It's our previous manager. It's not my fault the team isn't playing well. It is. It is. It absolutely 100% is his fault. He doesn't care. He's not imaginative. And he needs to go.
needs to go. Absolutely. Bye. Right? People are posting about, oh, you know, Chelsea had that eight-match eight unbeaten run. I'm like, okay, they might have had an eight-match unbeaten run. You're right. But look at the teams they played, number one. And number two, number two, I watched all of those games. I watched every single one of those games. We got lucky, all right? We were scoring kind of cheap goals. Uh, we were scoring and we were getting lucky on saves. We were doing all these crazy things, all right? I think Graham Potter is on his way out, as he should be. He's a disaster. Uh, he he is arguably the worst manager in Chelsea history. Um, and it's crazy. I mean, Tuchel still accounts for 35% of Chelsea's points this season, and he was sacked in September. He accounts for over a third of our points, and he was sacked. What is it? We're in March now, so he was sacked six months ago. And I get we had the pause, but still, half a year ago. There's no comp there's no excuses anymore. You know, Potter continuously cannot put a lineup together when it seems he has so many players to be able to do that. I mean, how do you not put a winning lineup together against Southampton with these players? How do you not put a winning lineup together versus Tottenham, a team that we haven't lost to since 2018, together when you have Joe Felix, when you have all these guys? I... I mean, these guys are good players, but Potter just signed a bunch of random guys. It's not like they're going to mesh well together. You need guys who are team players. I know Mason Mount's been getting a lot of flack this season, but he's a very good player. And he's a very he was a very intricate part to Thomas Tuchel's entire system. It's 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 unbelievable to me that Tuchel was fired because of this. Um, and, and obviously, this is going to be the result. It's not It's not a surprise to me that Potter's not succeeding. Chelsea's not an easy organization to run. But he's an absolute disaster as a manager. It's not like he's, you know, being held back. I mean, I've been calling for Potter's removal for weeks it's crazy we have to understand that you know the team is undisciplined and you look at that that zh uh that slap he had in the tottenham match i know tottenham won two nil probably could have been four or five we have no attacking threat it's almost like under Tuchel, we were one of the most defensive teams. I think we gave up the fewest amount of goals uh, en route to a Champions League win ever. And Potter was supposed to be a guy who was a good defensive coach, but a really, really, really good offensive coach. Unlock this team, supposedly. Nope. Nope. We don't score. We don't attack. We move the ball slowly. We're not inventive. Uh, and, and arguably, our squad is extremely talented. There's no way we should be getting beat by the Spurs B team. 2-0. Or the Southampton team. I mean, it's crazy. 
It's 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 an embarrassment. It truly is. Um, if I had my wish, if I had my way, I'd fire Potter right now. I'd say you're done. Get out of here. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I'd call up Thomas Tuchel. I'd beg him and say, listen, I'll sign you to a four year deal right now. Come back, please. I need you. Um, hopefully we'd finish top seven, top six on the table. Hopefully we'd beat. Dortmund on a return leg. Over the summer, I'd sell half the players on the team. I would say bye to Koulibaly. I would say, or Kou, yeah, Koulibaly. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'd say bye to Mark Kukurea, who's arguably the worst signing I've ever seen in my life. That guy cannot play football. He's horrendous. He's absolutely horrendous. I would say bye to probably Mudrick. Um, even though he's inventive, he's not, he doesn't really do anything. Ziyech would be gone. I would beg Christian Pulisic to stay. I would keep Fofana. I don't know about the other one. Uh, you know, I guess maybe some of the others I would keep. Maybe not though. I probably, I probably sell quite a few. Um, I'd beg Mateo Kovacic to stay. Mason Mount to stay. I mean, we need these guys. This is our team. Uh, Kai Havertz would certainly get a lot less playing time. He's good. He just does not have any pace to him as a striker. He's such a weird striker. I can't even figure it out. Joe Felix is on the loan, so I'm not going to worry about that. I, I, don't, I really wouldn't want him back anyways. He's I've always thought he's a very mediocre player, good in league games, but poor in Champions League games. So, you know, not, not, not the best, I believe, when the lights shine the brightest, in my opinion. And I know the World Cup, he had a decent run, but he's never really shown, I think, he can be an elite player on a team, the number one. Um, you know, Potter's just, he, he's a disaster. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything interesting. He doesn't motivate my team. He just, he's a, he's a complainer. He's a whiner. He's a weak man. And I don't believe, you know, people should be giving him death threats or anything. He's, he's, he's a bad coach, but don't, don't, don't absolutely do not do anything like that. All right. That's, that's disgusting. All right. But it's time for Potter to go. The the team needs a return to normalcy. We need consistency and uh, we need Bailey to get his butt out of this football team. Right. He needs to take a big step back and we need Potter to go. He has no idea what he's doing. And he's, he's honestly making everyone in the organization look bad. So that's my thoughts on Chelsea here today. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Master Plan. Have a great day. The game on the line. One shot. Who would you rather have taking it? Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State. Open shot. Fate of the universe on the line. Or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Iguodala.